So good to be in the house of God. And for those of you who wonder what's happening, a little bit of what happened on the day of Pentecost. Because many times, you know, we can, re- re- <clears throat> we can read the stories of Scripture and it just becomes a story. But the Holy Spirit is not a storyteller. He's a story demonstrator. He, 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 he loves to show himself strong. And so up in my office, um, Ross wrote some words, which he probably can't remember right now because he looks a little bit discombobulated. But in it was that the part of what, how God uses me is to, can you remember? It's destructive and constructive. In other words, God uses us to bring down some religious stuff and then bring in revelation that is able to be built upon and activated. And the, So tonight we're going to give it a go. If you want a title... I've given this one. It's not a waste. And so I, I, I love Sunday nights. And, and for me, Sunday nights over the years has been the, the source. You are investing not just into a Sunday night because there was nothing on TV. There isn't anyway, but uh, the, to me, Sunday night has been the investment into a sustained move of the Holy Spirit now over decades because we make room for the Holy Spirit. We, we go after the Holy Spirit. We are, in a sense, extravagant and, and just allowing ourselves to yield to the Spirit. And we don't look like cucumbers trying to turn into gherkins. You know, we, we, we know what it is to be joyful. I'll just talk to church this side. Yeah. You know, being joyful is something that Christians are supposed to be, not do. You know, because many times Christians' joyfulness is what they do for a little bit of time, and then they get on with life. But we are supposed to be joyful. You know, I, I mentioned this morning, we, we, we went to, I went to Sunday school, and I'm glad I did, because I learned some really good things, and, and we would sing, my cup's full and running over. Since the Lord saved me, I'm as happy as can be. My cup's full and running over. And shukuriander, and, and I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. You know, but it's possible to sing these. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Yeah, we, we can sing it, but we need to let our face know it sometimes. It's, it's just, you know, yeah, we, we've got that deep joy that got lost in the mind somewhere. But, but I'm glad because on a Sunday night, 
part for me has always been that we are investing into a sustained move of the Holy Spirit that's going to accumulate, going to culminate, I got the wrong word, going to culminate with Jesus splitting the sky and just come there. When, when revival came in 1995 to us, I had Christian leaders in New Zealand saying, this is great, but you'll just have this for a few years. It's great. And I actually said to some of them, go smoke a different weed. I've waited all my life for this. I've waited all my life for this. I'm not going to let it go. I mean, why would you? I mean, go back to being boring. I mean, I have, I have one desire to never be a boring preacher. Sometimes it is that way, but I repent and we, I, so we get on with life. And in, 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 in Matthew, Mark, and John, there's a part of Scripture in the Gospels. And I'm just going to take what was written in Mark because he is the briefest of them all. You see, the Gospels for me have always been this, the foundation of my understanding of God because the apostles said those things which Jesus began to do and to do and say, that's what they built the church upon. That's the basis of our theology. The epistles are the correction to get back to the life of the Spirit and to learn to walk in the Spirit and not let your soul be what leads your life, but let the Spirit of God lead your life. And that's where the conflict comes in. So taking Mark chapter 14 and verses 3 to 7, when he was at the He is Jesus, when Jesus was in Bethany reclining on the table in the home of Simon the leper. Now right there is a collision with religion because good people are not supposed to be in the leper's house. He's supposed to be outside. So here's Jesus right now colliding with all sorts of stuff. A woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages. Just imagine if that's what it cost. How did that woman get that? A year's wages. The average wage in New Zealand at the moment, the median wage is, I don't know, let's just say it's $45,000 or something. Can you imagine someone coming in? It's, 50, it's over 50000 I'm not sure what the latest figure is. It's going up so fast. Can you imagine someone coming in here with something that had just cost fifty? thousand dollars and said Paul and Jody stand up we're going to anoint you tonight with something that cost fifty thousand dollars And immediately there was a reaction from people who said, 
Imagine what we could do with back to school project for $50,000. Imagine the kids that could be helped. Imagine the morning teas that could be done. Imagine everything else that could happen. This is what happened back there. This is the picture that happened and immediately they said it was a waste. And Jesus said, Stop your nonsense. That's the SIV version. The Seth-inspired version. Leave her alone. It says they rebuked her harshly. She has done a beautiful thing. The poor you will always have with me, and you can help them anytime you want. But you're not always going to be able to do this for me and we can hear how many times things can happen in the Christian world and we can see things through the mindset of the world but the Holy Spirit is here to help us see things through heaven's value system is our life lived by heaven's value system or by world, the world's value system? Tonight we've had some extended worship. Extravagant worship is often decried. Oh, just what, what are you doing? Just, you know, let's just keep it nice. Let's have our one and a quarter hour service, whatever it is. I was in a, a church in, in, in a of a denomination I will not name, in a city I will not name. No, I was in, in, in two, couple of hours away, two and a half hours away, and, and the pastor was asking me, this is quite some years ago, and the pastor was asking me to come because someone had come to the revival meetings, had their life transformed. He went back to his town, it was actually defielding, and his face was glowing, and he met the pastor, and the pastor went, what happened? And he said, I had an encounter with God. And so the pastor was traveling and he called in to see me. And he said, look, would you come? Because, you know, we can. And so I got there. And, and then I said to him, oh, well, what, 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 what happens? He said, oh, well, you know, um, you know, we start at 10 o'clock and we, we, we normally finish about quarter past 11. And, and, and if God shows up, it might be half past 11. I went, oh, so the God factor is 15 minutes. That's what I said to him. <laughs> I don't know what happens in the rest. And, and he said, oh, that's what I said, wasn't it? Because so easy it is. It, it's shaped around the comfort of people. And the Christian world in the world today has ended up being shaped around the, the preferences of people, the comfort of people, and everything else. But God is saying, what about some extravagant worship? What about something... We finished that. I finished the service at 12 o'clock because the pastor and all the elders were on the ground. And I left church at half past three because 
They were ringing up and people were coming from around the district because what? God had showed up. And in the end, people were saying, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, can you pray for me? I've got to go and milk the cows, but I don't want to leave till I've had prayer. And and, and Sabo Shurianda, Mashukurianda Leia, what is it that we can do to have extravagance in the house of God? What is it that we can bring to Jesus that goes, here's an extravagant thing, Jesus. We know what it is in today's world where people say, I don't feel like going to church. I tell them, get born again. It's like the reality is, oh, where we got into the habit of go to church two Sundays out of a month, get born again. But what is it going to happen in this nation when we start to give extravagant praise to Jesus, extravagant, when we learn what it is to say, my life counts for naught, his life counts for everything, and I'm going to give a year's worth of sacrifice to him. And you say, that's a bit over the top. We haven't started, folks. But you see, I'm only preaching here what the Scripture says and bringing it into today's world. And Jesus said, it wasn't wasted. I grew up and there was a 24-7 prayer chain going on. It went on for 50 years. I grew up and I was at high school. And every fifth night, I was doing school certificate. But every fifth night, from 11 p.m. to 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. or 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. would get out of bed. I was 15. I slept heavy. I had two alarm clocks back in the days when you had to wind alarm clocks up to make them work. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. This is prehistoric stuff. And I was a heavy sleeper, so I always had to put the alarm clock so it was 10 minutes difference. And I had them on an empty 20-pound honey tin because it made it more noise. And then it would ring, and I would usually wake up on the second ring, and, and we would go down. Why? Was it always inspirational? No. Do I regret it? No. It was worth it. Because today we're living in the result of what those 50 years of prayer did when people would just pray and they prayed and they prayed. What did they pray for? Divine healing, a move of God and missions. And today we have an influence across the nations which is bigger than we can imagine. We are are people because why? We're walking in what was not a waste. And so we can carry on today. And even though we may not see everything we pray for, It's not going to be a waste. And every time of worship and every time of prayer and every time of laying on of hands and every time of getting under the anointing, it's not a waste, folks. It's glorious and it's... Whoa, this is so good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
This is good, isn't it? <laughs> Hello, Pisa. I feel your love. No, no, just bring that down to me. <laughs> My legs are really bad. <laughs> Well, it's better than having a bad smell, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I can't even read this. <clears throat> oh, so, yeah, there's lots of stories in Scripture. And, and so often if we read them through our human mindset, we'll just go like, oh, really? And, 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 and I just want to quickly take some, some stories, just quickly, because, you know, it's nearly 8 o'clock and, and, and we don't want to, you know. <laughs> you know, some people have said to me, what was it like to be in the year 2000 when for, for five months we were turning the lights out at midnight every night to make people go home? I'll tell you what it was. It was glorious. Did we wonder how we did it when we still had to get up at 6 o'clock the next morning and get kids off to school and everything else? I'll tell you what it was. Yes, was it hard work? Yes, it was. But what was it? Was it worth it? It was not a waste, folks. It was not a waste. And I love the story of Solomon dedicating the temple. And I had to write the figures down because I used to work on a farm and I know what this would have looked like. 22,000 head of cattle. I used to drive stock trucks. That's a lot of stock trucks <laughs> coming from across Palestine, across all that. They're just bringing them in, bringing them in. I don't know how many tons it was, but I, let's just say that's in today's world, that might have been something like about 3,000. So that's 660, no, it's more than that. You can add up, you can multiply. What is, what is three, someone tell me, $3,000 times 22,000. Grab your cell phone, look at the calculator. 60 million. Eh? 66 million dollars. And, but, but, but then you've just had that. And then it's 120,000 sheep and goats. And they're going for about $400. Did you work in a bank, Judith? At least 40. So there we're just talking about something like a hundred, over a hundred million dollars worth. Yeah, I think I can get up. I feel your love. Up, up, up. Up, up, up. <laughs> and do you think other people around looked at this and went it's a waste imagine that going out of a nation and it says the altars couldn't even hold the sacrifices oh well you know 
And what did God do? I'm going to show you what I can do. And guess what happened? The nations around started to pay tribute directly to the nation of Israel. They started to just give a tithe of their nation's income into Israel. And so Israel became the most prosperous nation in the Middle East. Why? Because some people said, it's not a waste. It's not a waste. I've shared some stories of when we were growing up and we didn't have a lot of money, but mum always put something in our hand because she said we're going to never, ever appear before the Lord without an offering. And whatever it was. But it wasn't a waste. And I know sometimes mum, she wouldn't have the meal. Not because she didn't like pumpkin, she stuffed it down our necks. <laughs> she, didn't, she only told us, we only found out later on, she didn't like pumpkin, we had to eat it. <laughs> I didn't like broad beans. That's why I'm skinny. Because nothing that is extravagantly given to God is a waste. And so I believe in this year of the Holy Spirit, in this year when there's a renewed call for holiness, that God is saying that it's not a waste to be extravagant in your giving to me. It's not a waste to give of your time. It's not a waste to give of, because you're investing into something bigger than yourself. You're investing into the purposes of God. You're investing, and here we are gathered tonight, and I want to encourage you. Let's just make this get bigger and bigger and bigger, because it's going to be, when it's not a waste, we're going to, we're investing into the purposes of God for a nation. We're investing the purposes of God into the kingdom of God. Judas was one of those ones who said it was a waste. <laughs> he didn't end up so well. We read about Sanballat and Tobias. The, Israel, the Jews were allowed back into Jerusalem and they started to build a wall. And Sanballat and Tobias, some of the enemies around, they said, that's a waste, that's a waste. Yeah, no, that's a waste. And it wasn't. Because we don't read any more about them, but we do read about Jerusalem. Because what's invested into the kingdom of the increase of his government, there will never be an end. And when we invest into his kingdom, it's into a kingdom that's not going to end. You know what? You look at any empire on earth and it's, it's come to an end. And some people are have said, you know, what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there? Well, it's going to come to an end. But the kingdom of God doesn't come to an end. And when we invest into that, it's not a waste because it's never going to have an end. When the wise men came from the east, they came with amazing gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh, costly 
Why? Because they knew the value that something invested into the purposes of God is not a waste. And so when that ointment was poured on Jesus, the $50,000 worth of ointment in a jar. And we can say, I wonder what it smelt like. Oh. I'll just tease my family for a moment. Thank you, Judith, for being here. And Beth. Five girls, five teenage girls learning the joys of perfume. <laughs> can you imagine the smell? <laughs> Perfume filled the whole house. <laughs> That's what it says about the perfume. <laughs> but guess what? Jesus used that same illustration after this to say as he was preparing them for the cross. Do you remember that perfume? I want you so filled with joy that this, the perfume of joy will be like a perfume fills the house. It's the same word as used for filling the house is what he said, that, the, that your joy should be like that perfume that fills the house. Oh. And that, it says, was the preparation for the crucifixion and the resurrection. See, religion says, you need to make a sacrifice. But there's no life in it. The Spirit of God says, deny yourself, and it's not wasted. Many years ago, I was doing a conference. I know I've told the story before, but it's still good. And uh, I was doing the afternoon stream. It was about the anointing. And uh, then I said, like often I'll do when I'm doing those, I said, uh, any questions? And this man who you could tell he was quite religious, he, he, uh, he looked at me and said, oh, Pastor Seth, we see the power of God, but there's, there's got to be a secret. How long is your quiet time? I thought, oh, I'm going to have some fun. I said, uh, sir, zero minutes. <laughs> and he went, huh? He, I, I said, I'm not quiet. <laughs> but I said, I know what you're saying. Because people can have, call it a devotion, it's called a quiet time. But this is the problem. There are many well-meaning Christians who will scratch their religious itch and have a little devotion, but they never think about God for the rest of the day. David said, I keep the Lord always before me. I said, and that's what I try to do. Keep the Lord always before me. He went, oh, like you could tell. And I said, has anyone got any other questions? Up goes his hand again. He said, yes, but I, there's, there's got to be a secret. He said, I don't want to be personal, which is code for I'm about to be personal. 
how often do you fast? I said, oh, sir, that's easy. I fast very regularly. And he went, oh, praise the Lord. From midnight till six (laughs) o'clock. And that's why it's called break fast. I said, sir, you're looking for a program. And it's not a human program. It's a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it's a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And it's not a waste to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And it's not a waste to get under the anointing. And it's not a waste to, to, to have fellowship with someone you can't see. We're now in the stage of being prepared for the second coming. And the world is saying, it's a waste to go to church. It's a waste to to give up time. Judas had that same spirit when he said, it's a waste. But the Spirit of God is saying, come, deny yourself and see resurrection life flow in your life and let resurrection faith become your faith and let resurrection joy be your joy. And all through Scripture is this whole theme of giving unto God and then of God delighting in extravagant praise and extravagant worship and extravagant giving. We don't give God our leftovers. When I was young last millennium, growing up in the hills of Normandale, the fridge would, well, we didn't have a fridge when I was a kid. There was a safe. And uh, some of you are looking at me like, what? Yeah, well, I told you I'm a leftover from a previous millennium. And so, and then there'd be bits of food and mum would just, put some sauce and everything else, put it in the fry pan, and it was given the name Rissoles. <laughs> which is a very extravagant word for leftovers. <laughs> and some of you know what I'm talking about. We don't give God our leftovers. There was a song we used to sing. I'm sorry if I'm boring you with the songs, but they helped do something inside a young man. Jesus, the first thought in the morning. Jesus, the last thought at night. Jesus, my song, all the day long. And it went on to say, keeping me happy and bright. There is something that happens in our lives when we sow extravagantly to Jesus, when we give him first place, when, when he's our first resource and not our last resort. When we sow to the glory of God, we're going to reap of the glory of God. Very quickly, in, Psalm, in, sorry, in, in, in Ezekiel 47, there's the amazing revelations that's given to us where It says, and the man, it's talking about the revelation of Jesus there, took Ezekiel and said, look at that. And there was this water coming out from the door of the temple. What was that? The place of worship. And out comes this river, which just got bigger and bigger. And they tried to measure it, and it just got bigger and bigger. Because the more worship, the river got bigger and bigger. And then... 
we see in verses 7 to, to 12, there's a great number of trees on either side of the river. And it flows down and it enters the sea. That's the Dead Sea. And when it enters the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Now, the Dead Sea is a sea full of salt. So right there, what is it? The worship, releasing, released worship in an extravagant way is able to defy the laws of nature so that salt water becomes fresh. God who created nature is not bound by nature. And that's why miraculous miracles can take place. Because he's not limited in any way. And then it says that swarms of living creatures come wherever the river flows. Speaking of harvest, speaking of economy, they're large. And the fishermen, they get it. And there's all sorts of But then it goes, but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. What's a, what's a swamp and a marsh? where the river used to flow, but a blockage came. Places, what caused the blockages is usually offense and bitterness and unforgiveness. And when people hang on to that, they can have their own stinking mess and the river will bypass them. But there's one good thing I know about swamps. Because when you get into a swamp and start trying to do it on the farm, we tried to do it a few times, and it would stink. But get some gelignite and put it in there. A third of a stick there and there and there and there and put the fuse alive and suddenly kapoom, 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 and the river can flow once again. And that's what the power of God can do in human lives. And you can say, I've got this bitterness and I've got this and I've got this. But if you will allow the power of God into your life, He can go kapoom, kapoom, kapoom. That's ancient Aramaic for my glory, my glory, my glory. And <laughs> whoa. And so as I think about closing, when the river flows, all sorts of amazing things is talked about. But for the river to flow in our day and generation, we're going to have to be extravagant in our worship, extravagant in our praise. Paul teaches that if we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. And this he's speaking of the Spirit, not money. He's actually speaking about sowing to the Spirit. If we sow bountifully to the Spirit, we're going to receive bountifully of the Spirit. Because he said, God is not mocked. We will reap what we sow. And so let's continue as we launch into 2023. For me, the year of the Spirit. Let's sow to the Spirit. Let's shaka mahanda barundalolola. Let's karanda barundalolola. Oh, that's enough. Can we go home now? Shaka pashum why are you so enthusiastic? Because the word enthusiastic means God in me. But if we sow bountifully, we will reap bountifully. In the year 2000, 
when God was moving and we adjusted our life to God instead of saying, God, we'll let you have this part of our life. And on a Sunday night, when we would finish about half past 10, 11, something like that, and one of the girls would ring Domino's <laughs> to order pizza. And when the, our name came, they'd say, oh, okay, that's it. Because there was lots of people from the meetings just going. There's a couple of hundred people. We, McDonald's used, never used to open on a Sunday night. It was revival that made them open on a Sunday night. <laughs> Oh, I'm not joking, it's true. They stayed open till church finished. Because even the world will adjust to the glory of God if there's money in it. <laughs> and when our order came through, they said, oh, we can close now. <laughs> so, I just want to finish. Are we doing good here? It's not a waste to sow extravagantly with our time. It's not a waste to show extravagantly with our focus. It's not a waste with our energy, our resources, and our faith. Could the music team come, please? And I'm going to ask, can we sing with a thousand hallelujahs? There's an old hymn that Charles Wesley sang. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. Now you can sing that like you're an elephant in deep trouble. <laughs> when Debbie and I were at Brownsville Revival, suddenly he, Lyndall Cooley, brought that song out. Oh, for a thousand tongues. And the place erupted because there was an anointing, the same anointing that had caused Charles Wesley to write the song. And suddenly there was thousands of us in this auditorium singing, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. And the next minute we're singing in tongues. Ah, we're going to sing with a thousand hallelujahs. That should keep us going till about 2.30. We've got to finish by 2.30 because at 3 o'clock someone died for Paul. And so we're going to finish at 2.30 so that no one is in any fear whatsoever. But just never fear. Sudden death is sudden glory, so it's all good. But what about a year of extravagance for God? What about a year of extravagant worship? Extravagant prayer. Not miserable prayer. Oh, God, can you see the trouble that's in the world? He already can see because he sees the end from the beginning. And when he sees the end, what does he see? He sees his glory covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. When he sees the end, what does he see? He sees all nations bowing down before him. When he sees the end, what does he see? The fact that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. He, he sees what we can't yet see. But our extra extravagance and our worship and our belief and our faith and everything else is going to help bring in the purposes of God. Let's stand.
I know that you're tired and I know that you're so excited there's a public holiday tomorrow and, and but okay under but let's just invest a few more minutes into some extravagant praise and some extravagant worship and go oh yeah we're going to bring in the kingdom we're going to be the people of extravagance for God extravagant joy extravagant faith extravagant love extravagant hope extravagance for God kaposhanda Zai Mahamanaya Puranda Laya. Yes, Shimananda. Hey, Ariana Maranda.